On this episode of That One Movie Podcast, we are going to review The Boy and the Heron, the new Hayao Miyazaki Studio Ghibli film. We will start off spoiler-free, and then we'll warn you before we dive into our spoiler-filled discussion. If you want to jump straight to that review, use those time codes down in the description. But beforehand, we're going to write some news from the week in the world of entertainment and discuss that. Holden, what are some of our stories this week? So some of the things we're going to be talking about is a trailer for Orion in the Dark. We're going to be talking about some Disney Plus show updates for the next year. Also talk about the Game Awards a bit and what happened at that. All right, sweet. Again, if you want to jump to those discussions as well, check out those time codes in the description. Otherwise, we'd love to have you for the whole show. I'm Jimmy Uthi. I'm Holden Sutter. And it's time for Tom. Tom. That one podcast all right jimmy before we talk the boy and the heron let's do some toms let's do the toms which i need to grab yeah here we go Toms is the rapid fire segment in which we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. That was kind of fun running in from off screen. That was kind of fun. It yeah, was, I, which, that added should. a little variety. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't think it really ruined the intro that much. No, so I think it added it to added it for to the it. visual the the video audience. I think what we should do is every like every week I should hide them somewhere in your yeah. apartment and then you <laughs> have to like search it by the time I'm done with my very short intro. Yes, so. each segment I should I should emerge from beneath the table or something or, yeah, or I have come to up come with down something yeah, interesting. In wires. Yeah. But anyway, as far as news, Jimmy, first up we have a trailer for Orion in the Dark. Uh, this is a new animated movie by DreamWorks. It's going to be released on Netflix, I believe, in March. Um, and the reason I wanted to just bring it up was because I found it interesting that Charlie Kaufman is writing it, who, if you're unfamiliar with, uh, he did the I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which neither of us really liked. But he's made a lot of other movies or like written a lot of other movies like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Anomalisa, uh, Being John Malkovich, a lot of movies I really quite enjoy. So mm. what'd you think of this trailer? I mean, it's cute. Like mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, you're afraid of the dark. So then we're going to go beef buddies now. Yeah. It's a little bit monsters Inc vibe of like, Oh yeah. You're scared of the monsters, but now you're going to befriend the monster. But obviously our, uh, main kind of human character is older than, uh, what's her name? Boo boo in, in monsters Inc. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting thing. I think it has the potential to be a cute movie coming out in February. Still haven't seen that Adam Sandler one, the Leo or whatever. Yeah, apparently that that's like. that's pretty good. So, um, so I'm gonna go with the Bergeron holding because it looks nice and maybe generic a little bit, but you know, yeah, creative. If nothing else, the style's a bit interesting. Yeah. It has a, a unique art style. I I thought it was based off of a book, but right before recording here, I double checked that, and I don't think it actually is. So I think the, it is. Is it? Yeah, I think it was. Okay, wherever I checked, I guess. Didn't say it wasn't, just didn't I think mention it. Said it. It's based on the book. Oh, it could be. Um, where did I? See? I thought it was in like when I watched the YouTube trailer. Does it say down in the um, description there? 
Oh yeah, bring the award-winning children's book Orion. Oh, okay, so it is. So I wonder, I wonder if that art adventure. Yeah, I wonder if that art style is taken from the book or whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, the uh, the guy who plays Dark is not Seth Rogen, even though I thought it was at first. I definitely thought it was too. Yeah, I can't I can't remember who it was, but it's, it's Jacob someone. Tremblay? No, right? Jacob Tremblay. No, Jacob Tremblay would be the kid. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It looks fun. I I will. We probably won't talk about it for the podcast, but it's just something to bring up because I thought it looked interesting. Uh, I might watch it depending on kind of how it's received. Um, but yeah, interesting movie. Yeah. I um, was at a Bergeron. Oh, yeah. I'll me. give it a Bergeron. Wow. There we go. Perfect. Next story holding this week. Yeah. Uh, so Disney Plus, uh, they had announced. Never heard of it. Yeah, never heard of it. They announced their kind of big shows for the next year in terms of the Marvel and Star Wars stuff. Uh, so Marvel, they confirmed the shows coming out next year are going to be Echo, uh, Agatha Darkhold Diaries, and <laughs> uh, X-Men 97, which is the uh, animated continuation of the 90s X-Men series that was announced like years ago. And then for Star Wars, it's going to be the Acolyte and Skeleton Crew. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's looking like Andor is going to be like 2025. No. Because uh, partially due to the strikes, but also they, I think they want to have, they have these shows more farther along and they want to have give them room to breathe, I guess. So disappointing yeah i gotta give agatha dark hole diaries room to breathe yeah i gotta gotta really simmer on that one <laughs> yeah it's kind of disappointing because i mean i you know i was prepping my i'd already kind of been looking at my anticipated of the year list for next year and now i can't i probably have to take andor off that unfortunately yeah um i am excited for the acolyte and echo i guess it's echo from the marvel shows i guess would be the one i'm most interested in yeah although yeah. 1997 was a very good year because it was the year i was born sure <laughs> uh, and then the acolyte since it's like the high republic thing mm-hmm. although skeleton crew that's the one by uh um the the what's yeah, the name? daniels daniels involved. i was gonna say yeah. the davids i'm like that's not right <laughs> From, yeah, that's uh, right. I and, forgot and about that. They, of course, did uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once mm-hmm. and Swiss Army Man, which we reviewed both of which on this podcast. So yeah, go check out those fans. Go check out those episodes. Um, but yeah, no, I kind of just in the middle on all of these. I don't yeah. really care. You push back Andor. I'm not excited about that. <laughs> if I have to wait longer for Andor simply because of these other things coming out, that's a bombadil for me. Yeah, that that's true. If it Andor is just straight up not done then whatever, but if if it is because of literally these other shows, it's a bombadil. Out of all of these, I would say yeah, I'm probably most interested in Echo purely because of that really good trailer that came out about it, which, you know, it probably would have been bottom of this list at, before that trailer, honestly. Um, yeah, Star Wars wise, probably the Acolyte just because it sounds the most interesting. But we'll see. Star Wars, I mean, both have been very hit or miss. So. Can Acolyte reel in the accolades? Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's got the guy from Squid Game in it. I don't know. I can't remember anything else about it. Which guy from Squid Game? I think the, the main guy. The main guy. Wow. Yeah. Made Squid Game man. Made Squid his, Game man. As his character is <laughs> known as. Um, but yeah, I think I'll... If, okay, I'm, I'm kind of with you. <laughs> if Andor is getting pushed back because of these, uh, it's a Bombadil. There we go. Um, otherwise, it's probably a Bergeron. Stick it to Robert, Robert Iger. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jimmy, I don't remember if we had talked about this before, but they are developing a Spider-Man noir 
TV series at Amazon Prime. We did talk. About we did it. talk about yeah. this. I couldn't remember. Uh, but uh, they announced this week that the Punisher showrunner Steve Lightfoot, as well as Spider-Man noir comic writer Oren Uziel, I can't remember. I don't know how you say his last name. Uh, will co-show run the series. Co-show run. Yeah. So. Um. Cool. I never saw the Punisher. Punisher was good. I've never read Spider-Man Noir. Yeah. I mean, it feels like, you know, that'd be the person to get for, for a yeah. comic series, right? I suppose if it's good. I don't know. I don't, I'm not super interested in this unless it's a very, very good. So I'm at a Bergeron holding. Yeah. Um, it, it, it could be interesting. I think Spider-Man Noir, like out of all the various Spider-Man kind of like Spider-Verse variants that you could go with. I guess it's probably one of the more interesting because it's like the black and white, obviously literally a noir type set in like the 30s or 40s or whatever. Could be interesting. Do we know if this is connected to the Spider-Verse movies? Uh, no, I was I was specifically reading that it was unclear about that. Okay. So when, who knows if it's that way. Um, but it is live action from what I can tell. So yeah, I don't know. Let's go Bergeron on that. That's where I was at, too. Sweet. Sounds good. Uh, Other superhero news, Jimmy, uh, Sean Gunn, believe it or not, has been cast in a a James Gunn movie. Incredible. As uh, Maxwell Lord, uh, who is the character in Wonder Woman 1984, who Pedro Pascal played. Oh, wow. So. Wow. I cannot wait to give out my fourth Bergeron of the podcast already. Yeah. It's a very Bergeron podcast. It's a very Bergeron podcast. Uh, Yeah. Hopefully we're not coming across Bergeron. Hopefully we're still at our Brokaw levels. Yes. Uh, Dune Messiah, Jimmy. This is the proposed third Dune movie from Denis Villeneuve. He says that uh, the script is almost done, although he wants to take a break and do something else in between Dune part two and a potential third movie. Well, isn't there like a big... Like time, yeah. So I think that like makes sense. Let the characters age up a few years, right? So I'll go Brokaw. Why not? Let's liven it up. Even though Dune Part Two hasn't even come out yet. Well, I, you know, I'm gonna give it a Brokaw on the reasoning that I just want to see more from him. So him doing something new other than Dune would be cool. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, if assuming Dune Part Two is good, I would love to see a third one. Um, next up, A24 movies are gonna start streaming exclusively on HBO Max Mm. or Max rather, Jimmy. Uh, the one to watch. The one to watch. It's going to start with new releases like Priscilla and Dream Scenario, and old titles are going to start being added as well. Hmm. Um, I just think that's nice because there's a lot of movies I feel like I that kind of slip through the cracks, like Priscilla and stuff that I'd like to watch. Probably Dream Scenario as well. And now it's going to be in a convenient place that I have. Yes. So. Um, are they? Uh, this is not like a. It's day and date thing. No, I mean, I'm no. Assuming this is that like when twenty four will have like a ninety day theatrical window or something. Yeah, I, I didn't. It's probably ninety days. I didn't see the exact uh, amount of time, but it's going to be that. It's just like when they go to streaming, they're going to be on max. Yeah. So, I agree. It, it's about time HBO gets some quality content. I yeah, would say. right. Getting rid so, of all, a bunch of other stuff, and now so. you don't have to worry. Like now, that would be a reason to have Max too. Yeah. When nothing stuff. is coming out. Like between seasons of House of the Dragon, yeah. Now and the succession's the he- done, and a, the Hedge Knight, Game of Thrones. What's the whole thing? <laughs> uh, a Game of Thrones, a Game of Thrones, uh, Mad Max saga. Uh, the Hedge, Hedge, the Hedge Knight. Knight, something. I don't know. Duncan Egg, broken, broke off. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a broke out too. And final piece of movie. Oh, wait, is- a Knight of the Seven 
Game of Thrones, oh, A Knight of the Seven, Seven Kingdoms, Kingdom, The Hedge Knight. That's what I think called. that's what it is. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that's going to be a trivia question someday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, final piece of movie news is just that uh, The Marvels is officially the lowest grossing Marvel movie of all time at around $200 million to me. Wow. Imagine only having $200 million. Yeah. Embarrassing. That is embarrassing. It is, I mean, unfortunate because it is far from the worst Marvel movie, but it is also just like not great enough to, you know, reinvigorate people's waning interest. What is the worst Marvel movie, Holden? MCU movie. I mean, I... Is this MCU movie or Marvel oh, movie? Oh, sorry. Yeah, MCU movie. Okay. Yeah. I uh, there There's probably... I would guess like Howard the Duck probably grossed less than this. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, my least favorite one is probably... Granted, I haven't seen it in a long time. This is like my go-to answer all the time. It's just Thor The Dark World. It's probably my least I favorite. I haven't seen Thor 1 or 2. Thor one, I remember being better when I watched it a couple years ago than I remembered, but yeah, I don't know. I like people who say the Eternals. I'm like, I, I don't, under, I don't understand that. I just feel like Thor, the dark world is the most bland Marvel movie possible and mm. has very little going for it. So there we yeah. go. The, you heard it here first. Thor, the dark world is officially the worst. MCU officially movie. the worst from that one movie. Podcast, um, a movie that Jimmy hasn't seen. Yeah. A movie that I haven't seen, <laughs> but I will judge uh, vicariously through Holden. I, I don't know. Bergeron. I, whatever. I, Disney didn't make a bunch of movie, a bunch of money on bunch this of movies. Movie. They made a bunch of make, movies. They didn't did. make a bunch of money this year. No. Bergeron. Uh, that's it for movie. Can't news, wait though, for them week. to take all the correct lessons from it. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, having more executives on set or whatever that was. Yeah. Um, but now we're going to move on to Tog this week, Jimmy. That one gaming podcast mm-hmm. that we do very occasionally whenever there's just something vaguely interesting to talk about in the world of gaming for us. And this week, uh, the Game Awards happened. Um, so quickly, I'll just go over like a couple of the big winners uh, we don't. We won't go through everything. Spider Man Two got snubbed. Holden. Completely, yeah. Completely didn't get, I think it had like from everything. It had like seven or eight nominations. It didn't win anything. Just crazy. That's fine, I think. Yeah. It. I mean, Baldur's Gate Three won Game of the Year. What a surprise! That's kind of the, mm-hmm. what I figured everyone would thought would win. Alan Wake Two won Best Narrative, which I still really want to play. Um, best Performance. Also, uh, Yuri Lowenthal missed out on that. It went to one of the Baldur's Gate people. Um, best VR AR game went to Village, Jimmy. There we go. So it's I, a game you still haven't beat. Yeah, it's very fun. <laughs> um, yeah, Spider-Man 2 didn't even win best action adventure game. That went to Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Imagine losing to Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, a very well-regarded game. Uh, best action game, which I think that's weird that there's like two different categories between those two is Armored Core 6, which I think was its only nomination and it won. Uh, best role playing game went to Baldur's Gate. Best family game went to Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Um, I feel like there was another. Oh, best adaptation. I wanted to bring up Last of Us one. The, the so, TV sh- series. Yeah, so, uh, it was against uh, the new Castlevania show, Gran Turismo, Super Mario Bros. movie and Twisted Metal. And I would say it's the best out of those. Yeah. Me. So, uh, and the most anticipated game is the game I'm also most anticipated for, which is the new Final Fantasy VII game, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. But yeah, those were kind of just the notable ones. Um, it wasn't too surprising overall. It was a lot of uh, 
Alan Wake and Baldur's Gate winning. So makes sense. Cool. Great. Uh, I don't really care about that. Bergeron. I didn't play Baldur's Gate 3 or Alan Wake 2. So yeah, couldn't really relate to any of these things. Uh, happy for the people Alan- who, are, who uh, enjoyed that. Yeah, I want to play Alan Wake 2 really bad. But yeah, I'll give it overall Bergeron for me. Uh, then I wanted to go over some of the notable announcements, kind of one of the bigger ones, mm-hmm. at least for us being God of War Ragnarok DLC, uh, the Valhalla. Did you watch the trailer for God it? of War Ragnarok Valhalla, yes. Yes. Um, so it seems like, so it's a roguelike thing, but then it mm-hmm. also seems to have like its story with it. Yeah, it's kind of doing, so Returnal did this too, where it was like later on they had a, like a roguelike update for the, I mean, the whole game is a roguelike, but they had like, say, <laughs> when it's like I mean, it was like this kind of like, I, I think I describe it as like this wave based survival kind of thing that was added as like the separate kind of game mode within the game world for Returnal. And it not only is this kind of extra game mode, but it also expands on the story and everything. So it is like, if you like Returnal, you should play that as well. It feels like that. So it's it's like an epilogue of sorts to mm. Ragnarok, I guess. So it is going to have more story in it. It's free and it comes out in like two days. Yeah, I think which it's is the absurd. 12th. Today's yeah. the 10th. So yeah, that is crazy. It's yeah. just free for everyone. Um, yeah, I don't know. It seems cool. I like roguelike modes. I think they're kind of fun. I mean, obviously we're getting that with The Last of Us 2 remastered mm-hmm. as well. Um, but... This one, it's it, so there. It looks like it's roguelike. They're adding some new enemies. It was like alluded to that there might be like enemies coming back from like the old games too. Yeah, they brought the they group. brought back the original soundtrack of the, oh, really? of the original games. Yeah, the boom 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 boom. Oh, I, guess. I haven't played the original, so I didn't rec- or yeah. pick up on that. But yeah, I don't know. That seems like a really kind of fun way to do this like epilogue for Ragnarok, I guess. Um, I it's I want to play it, but I feel like I would need to replay the whole game to play it because it's been so long. I don't really want to just Ragnarok. Yeah, Ragnarok. I'm not sure I want to go back and just play this. Are you sure? I'm just going to go back and just play this, I think. Although I should let me know how it is. Although it would be weird to do (laughs) wait, you know, wave the survival waves when you haven't played the game in a long time. Yeah, that's kind of what I was terrible at it. it. It would. The learning curve would probably be like, a lot okay, higher. What a drop near spear. What do we can we do again? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what's my what's my light runic attack for my blades of chaos? <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know. It seems it seems pretty cool though, and that it's free. I think yeah. it has to be a broke a buy, free right? rogue like story expansion DLC that drops like a week after they announced it. Yeah, broke. Pretty cool. Somehow they kept that on the DL too. I don't think there was really any even People, rumors of that. There were rumors that there was going to be God of War DLC. Okay. Announced at the Game Awards. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't see that. Yeah, Holden Jimmy's more lives under on a rock. <laughs> uh, other things, Jimmy. Uh, OD uh, is the uh, new Hideo Kojima game that isn't Death Stranding Two. Um, Xbox exclusive. Xbox exclusive. What the yeah, heck, Hideo. I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's a collaboration between him and Jordan Peele, which is interesting. Did you watch the trailer for it? Yeah, it's just absolutely nothing. Yeah, just, I mean. People looking into their Iron Man suits. Yeah, just uh, uh, reciting something and then uh, screaming at the end. Mm-hmm. Very cryptic, as I would expect from his typical trailers. Um, but the actors in it are uh, Sophia Lillis, Hunter Schaefer, and Udo Kier. So that's interesting. I'm guess, I guess they'll be in the game. 
Um, but can you pee and move boxes? That's the question. I don't know. Probably not. I would guess not. Uh, it uh, seems to be it's going to be like more of a horror-based game, uh, which makes sense with the collaboration with Jordan Peele and everything. But other than that, we don't really know much. I don't know. There's not much to say other than it was just like a very weird announcement. <laughs> oh, very. I just I'm disappointed that it's Xbox exclusive, but yeah. Bergeron for me because there's literally nothing to talk about. It's yeah. There's it's nothing like, to chew on. Cryptic. <laughs> Well, yeah, Xbox kind of had a banger um, time at the Game Awards in terms of announcements because they also it was announced. Yeah, Starfield just raked in all the awards. Yeah, they oh, raked wait, in no, all. They didn't. <laughs> I don't think Xbox got anything. I mean, I think Starfield would have been Starfield the only thing. Did Starfield get it nominated for very much? For very much? I feel like it was only nominated for. I don't have it pulled up anymore. I think it was RPG, maybe, which Baldur's Gate took. So, um. Anyway, uh, Blade, a new Marvel Blade game was announced, um, developed by Arcane Lion, uh, which is the Leon. developer, Leon or whatever. It's in it, France. Oh, is it? Okay, so yeah. it's probably that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's the developer behind Dishonored and Deathloop. Uh, and it's going to be, uh, I mean, it's Arcane, so they're owned by Bethesda, which makes me, it didn't confirm it was Xbox exclusive, but it probably is, I would guess. Yeah, I guess so. Um, although Deathloop wasn't. Yeah, but that was in development. That was like a deal prior to the like Microsoft acquiring okay. Bethesda. Well, that was the same thing with Ghostwire Tokyo because technically that's owned by Bethesda as well. Um, yeah, it's apparently going to be a first-person action adventure game. You know, starring Blade. It's going to be M-rated violence. Um, done by the Deathloop and Dishonored people. Never played Dishonored. Did play Deathloop. Which was all right. Sure. I haven't played play it yet. No, yeah, I own, own it. it. I have yeah. not played it yet. <laughs> I mean, it's fun, but I felt like there was... Deathloop was one of those games where it's like you're supposed to... It's like the roguelike thing where you're supposed to get better mm -hmm. each time. But I was like... I felt like I was pretty much maxed out like the third time. <laughs> so it was just me like kind of checking all these boxes to get to the end. Sure. And you can be more creative with it, but I felt like... It felt like it was like, okay, let's do a roguelike hitman thing with this kind of really cool world and all these different things you can do. But it, I, I didn't feel like it really lived up to those things or I would go and explore and I didn't feel like I was really rewarded for exploring. Because like I said, mm -hmm. I was like, I had all my weapons that I wanted, you know, yeah. like <laughs> right away pretty much, <laughs> you know, after like a few hours or not, probably like. I don't know how long the game took me, but sure. I think like a third of the way in, I was pretty much set or maybe halfway in. Okay. Which if you're a roguelike game. Then there's not much to build to. No, and then like, I can go explore, but you kind of already plotted out what I need to do. Sure. Or like there's a very simple way of doing this and you kind of have to go out, like go really far out of your way to do something fun where I don't know. It didn't feel as rewarding as like a Hitman game does for like going around and hearing about different things and kind of brainstorming different things you could do to achieve this goal. So I don't know. The The world was cool and the ideas were cool. Mm -hmm. So um, this, I don't know. Again, the, the trailer doesn't give us that much. It is interesting that it's it's Arcane Leon. So Bergeron. I don't know. I also just don't know anything about Blade other than he's a vampire hunter. Yeah, half and he's not himself, and he's not Abraham Lincoln. Nope. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, Blade kind of fits in line with 
like the Dishonored kind of stuff to me. Um, and they're a studio that a lot of people like their games. So it's not the art. I think it's different from the arcane that developed Redfall earlier this year. That was apparently very bad. So, um, yeah, we'll see one, but it is Xbox and I don't have an Xbox. So Bruce Ron. Uh, yeah. They're, they're 350 bucks though. Right now. Series mm. X still won't buy one. <laughs> personally um other things uh jimmy i wanted to just briefly mention they shut off more stuff for the final fantasy 7 remake i did two. not watch any of that that's fine i knew I figured, it happened yeah i figured you probably didn't it looks good i mean it's it's fun because right now i'm playing the original and i'm like like in this part of the game right now so kind of seeing this stuff immediately after like playing it remade in hd and, and new graphics and everything it's really fun um but yeah, looks great. I'm really curious to see how the story differs because it was kind of, you know, going in a different direction in that first part and seems to be continuing that in this as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. Looks great. Very excited for it. But other things uh, that we don't we don't have to talk about for very long, just mention quick. Uh, there's a new Monster Hunter game announced. I think it was called Monster Hunter Wilds. Um, so I know that game has those games have a pretty big fan base. Never tried one myself. Uh, like, we did see that movie though, and we, we reviewed we it on this podcast. It. Was that only was that the beginning of twenty twenty two? Um, no, twenty twenty one. I think so. I don't remember. That was a blur. That was what a great movie. What uh, a movie that definitely came out and exists. <laughs> um, other other things though. Uh, Light No Fire was kind of interesting. It's a multiplayer game by the creators of No Man's Sky. Okay. And the, it was like one of the it was notable because it was one of the only trailers that actually had gameplay because mm. <laughs> so many of these trailers were just like cinematics or whatever. Uh, it's probably not anything I would play just because it is a big multiplayer game, but it looked very creative. And it was procedurally generated like No Man's Sky, but uh, looked like big servers, lots of kind of survival RPG fantasy stuff going on. So looked cool. So if you're into that uh, Jurassic Park survival. Uh, which is a new Jurassic Park horror action game thing, which only had cinematics, so it was really kind of hard to get a, a read on exactly what it was. Um, people were saying it was like Alien Isolation with dinosaurs, but um, we didn't see any actual gameplay, so whether that or not that's true is to be seen. I thought it was like pretty funny that like in the two minute trailer they did like all the jurassic park things yeah it like, was like just a greatest hits yeah like the, the movie <laughs> the raptors and the water shaking and the i i don't even like just all the different places in the going into the kitchen and mm-hmm. i just remember watching it and being like oh the gate the t-rex the the rain the rain on the t-rex <laughs> the little thing that squirts the ink kind of oh, yeah, looking at but... you it was like everything <laughs> That people enjoy from that first movie just in two minutes. Mm -hmm. I thought it was almost silly. It was like so on the nose. Well, and it's like, it seems to be taking place like a day or two after the events of the movie. So there's just someone that's like stuck on the island, I guess. Uh, Help me. I'm stuck on East Lanublar. Help me. I don't know. I mean, if if it is, if it were just Alien Isolation with dinosaurs, I'd be super into it because Alien Isolation is very good. And is a very fun concept to take like a movie franchise, um, especially since I don't think like Jurassic Park, like a horror game would be kind of cool. But I don't know. I've never played Alien Isolation. How long has that been out now? That's been on my like like, two playlist for 
years. I feel like that came out like 2015 or something. Yeah, at least. Well, that was right? like early PS4 era. I think that got Alien a dual release on Xbox and PS3, Xbox 360, PS3 Alien maybe. Isolation 2014. I was yeah. gonna say this is a long time ago. Oh yeah, I got yeah, did 360 and PS3 release as well. Hmm. You can get it on Google Play. What? <laughs> you can just play it on your phone. What? What the heck? Get it for eleven dollars. That's interesting. Well, there you go. That's the, probably the ideal way to play. <laughs> yeah, it play it on phone. my phone. <laughs> play it on my phone. It is a scary game. It's also it's. Oh yeah, they just released it for Switch not too long ago too. Yeah, I don't know. Good game though. How Highly long, recommend it. How long is it? How long to beat? I feel I like, like it that took me a while. How long to beat is? How it? long to beat is? Eighteen great. and a half hours. Yeah, it is. Seriously? It is pretty long. Why is it so long? I feel like it's long because it's hard. I feel like that's part of it. It, it, especially at first, it it takes a while to get used to it. My goodness, but yeah, eighteen it is, it is a, pretty long. Eighteen <laughs> hours, forty six minutes, average. Eighteen hour, twenty minute median. That is, like, for a game that's just I feel like is a, such a simple concept. It has a lot of variety to it. Okay, I'd recommend it. It mm. probably is a little too long, but it's not like it's not like overly long. I'd say maybe just like an hour or two too long. But mm. most people rated it eight out of ten. Yeah, pretty good. There we go. All right, sweet. Uh, but yeah, and then the last thing I just wanted to bring up quick is there because uh, you've been talking or you mentioned it like last week or something. Uh, Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons is getting a remake. So there we go. Yeah, that's the developers of It Takes Two and uh, A Way Out. Yeah, Haze Light. Yeah, one of their co-op games. And this one, I think, is I think it's the one that it's all played on one controller or something. It's like two players, but on one controller or something like that. That sounds awful. I don't know. It, it's something what like do you, that. What? I don't that know. doesn't make any sense. How does that work? I don't know. Is it two player or is it you, pl- you are playing and you have to control both at I once? I think it's two player. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Heard it's sad. Yeah, probably. One of them probably dies. Yeah, probably the little brother dies or something. One of them probably dies. The other brother has to like drag their body through the mud (laughs) while it's raining. And then there's a T-Rex because it's nighttime and it's raining and it's Jurassic Park survival. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, Uh, That's it for everything. Everything Bergeron. (laughs) Yeah, Bergeron. It's just a Bergeron kind of day. A Bergeron kind of day. Well, at least for news. Well, what about Popeyes though, Holden? Because it's time for our weekly segment, Tompies, which is our review of Popeyes that we have before we go to the movie. A little curveball for us this week, yeah, is that we went to the other Popeyes location. Yeah, in Sioux two, Falls, there's two in Sioux Falls. We went to the other one we don't usually go to, and we went to the other theater we don't usually go to because well, that's the only place the boy and the heron was playing at. yeah and so we typically go to movies on thursdays and if we wanted to go on thursday and see the english dub for this movie it was only showing at five so we didn't want to eat you know a four o'clock meal that wouldn't make sense so we uh we went and saw I do the that movie. all the time <laughs> do you actually <laughs> yes i do <laughs> oh, i couldn't do it i guess i usually have lunch at like two but um Anyway, we, we went to the movie at five and then we went to Popeye's afterwards. So we went for a little late night Popeye's and it was pretty good. I don't really very have, uneventful. Yeah, I don't I don't really aside from it being like a different time and different location, not really any complaints. The, the tenders were very solid. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't get as many fries as you. I was a little upset about that, but yeah. Emily <laughs> joined it. us. Mm-hmm. She gave me her biscuit. Nice. She gave me some ranch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she bring her more often. Yeah. But yeah <laughs> more very uneventful Popeyes. Broke off for Popeyes for just being good. I did uh being bussin' bussin', as I, they say. I did really like how greasy my biscuit was. Oh though. my like, gosh. Was, the the <laughs> I don't know if it's usually that bad, but I just like noticed it this time. Well, week. they put it just straight up on the tray this time. Like that's true. They put it on the tray and you know, they have the little paper advertisements that go mm-hmm. on the trays. And mine was the same way. I mean, it is just a, a grease a grease <laughs> silhouette of the the biscuit like that thing could have greased through the paper <laughs> it was incredible it was but boy bad. was it tasty it was a very tasty oh, t- nice and doughy not oh, overcooked not soapy at all not not soapy at all broke off for popeyes. popeyes this week good job and with that, Holden, let's do our non-spoiler review of The Boy and the Heron. If you have seen it, check out this part for kind of our overall thoughts, and then we'll go into our spoiler review. We'll warn you before you do before we do that, so stick around. This is our non-spoiler review of The Boy and the Heron. Great. Uh, non-spoilers for the boy in the heron, Jimmy. I got the Pull up your synopsis. synopsis right here. Mahito, a young 12-year-old boy, struggles to settle in a new town after his mother's death. However, when, when a talking heron informs Mahito that his mother is still alive, he enters an abandoned tower in search of her, which takes him to another world. Yes. This is also based on a book. Yes, a book called How Do You Live?, um, which does come into play in the movie. Um, and that was the original name of, of the movie as well. It might be the Japanese name even. Um, but yeah, it's uh, but not in America. No, change it to the boy in the heron. Cause I guess it's a bit more literal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's directed by Hayao Miyazaki, uh, which, you know, very accomplished animator at studio Ghibli having done spirited away, Howl's Moving Castle, which we have reviewed on the mm-hmm. podcast before, a bunch of a bunch of movies, a bunch of great films, um, and this is his latest last movie, apparently. Yeah. Even though it's probably not his last movie, um, yeah. Uh, we saw this. Uh, we mentioned earlier. We saw the English dub for this too, because yep. uh, I wanted to. I wanted to hear like the Robert Pattinson as the Heron and stuff. I thought yeah. that'd be fun. Um, and typically Ghibli dubs are, are very well done as well. And I thought it was done well here. Uh, the movie itself though, I thought was very good. Um, and I think I've sat, the more I've sat on it, the more I've liked it, honestly. Um, initially I, I had some more reservations about it, but I think just thinking about it more, I, I've, I've liked it. It's nowhere near my favorite of his. Um, but I also don't think like any of his movies, I would rate low at all like i think all of his movies are are very good Mm -hmm. very good to masterpieces i would say like that's kind of the range of at least the movie i've i think there's only one of his movies i haven't seen so what about you jimmy what'd you think of of what you saw (laughs) yeah so a little (laughs) disclaimer here we like Holden said we saw this at five o'clock which holden thought would make it easier for me to stay awake Mm -hmm. and little does he know that no i like to power nap it when i get home (laughs) <laughs> and I did not have time for a power nap before this. So uh, this movie is is very good from what I saw. I missed about 
15% of this movie, kind of the end of the first act. And I can, and Holden will fill me in. But I, sure. I saw enough of this movie to be like, oh, I really like this. It is very slow paced, especially at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very imaginative, as you would expect a Hayao Miyazaki movie to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, like you said, the more you sit and stew with it, I think the more I appreciate it. I uh, think this would be a movie that would be even better upon multiple viewings. Probably, yeah. I don't necessarily have the desire to sit down and watch this movie again, uh, personally, but I I could see other people really, really diving in and and analyzing the themes of this movie, especially like grief. There's a lot Um, to unpack with it. uh, Yeah, and and all the symbolism and different things. Uh, it's very fun. It's whimsical. There's a lot of levity and humor to it, but then mm-hmm. there is a lot of the melancholy and just kind of s- sadness that comes along with it too. So I, I really liked it. It's a little slow to me. It's almost like a little art housey at times. Sure. Um, and very abstract, but, and me like meandering, but not like a don't, not like in a way of like, I don't know where I'm going meandering more like an artistic meandering. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it does the thing. And I think it, this happens in a lot of his movies where it, it takes its time with like every single action that, that happens. Like it yeah. is, it'll, you know, if someone's putting their shoes on, you'll see them put their shoes on the whole time or very whatever. Good, like very good sounds. The Foley was yeah. very ASMR pleasing. Like, Oh, I'm going to like zip up my backpack and put on my pants or I'm going to walk across this hardwood floor. A lot of, a lot of the things that I think in other movies um, would be more implied are, aren't really left for that here. It's, Mm -hmm. it's much more like you see almost everything, which I think is just like a trademark to the way he makes movies. And I think does add to kind of the, as you said, the kind of meandering, but not in a uninteresting way pace of of this movie and some of his others so yeah this movie is visually hilarious like Mm -hmm. there's just some visuals that are funny like you you wouldn't need any sound you wouldn't need any like story or joke moments like if you just looked at it it would be funny yeah and i think this movie has has quite a bit with it um particularly like these parakeet this parakeet society parakeets are very good that kind of steal the show in the second half of the movie uh, but even like these little old lady maids are, mm-hmm. are in the beginning. Like there's a little gag where it's like all these old ladies are like just their their backs are at like you know just you know, what it, like a, I guess it would be uh, an acute angle. So what are they like 45 degree angles their backs and they're just, just hunched, hunched over, over falling. And then like there's like eight of them and like the first six are like so hunched over and like the last two have like perfect posture. <laughs> just like little things like that where it's funny or just the just wrinkly wart filled yeah. faces <laughs> of, of yeah, the we, old people in here. Yeah. I mentioned afterwards, it's a lot of his movies. Like he draws old people as just very wrinkly, very kind of round warty. Like it, it's in a very endearing way though. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's <laughs> I don't know. I don't know exactly why that is, but I think it just adds to the humor and, and uniqueness of the character designs. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. It combines a lot of tones from his different movies because it does have the humor of and like whimsy of a lot of his more lighthearted movies. But it also has some like dark elements to it that I think uh, are drawn from some of his darker movies. Um, and it's meshed together, I think, pretty well. It's it kind of makes me 
unsure. Like a, a lot of his movies you could attribute to being like kids movies or like, like kids could watch it or like kids could watch it, but it's a little bit creepy. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of them that are just like straight up, not kids movies at all. And this one I feel like is kind of more in that like middle category. I'd say there's it's, there is some like dark stuff to it. Um, but it is filled with a lot of, a lot of other stuff that I think kids would enjoy too. Yeah. Um, but I think like one of the things we, we haven't really talked about at all is it, it's a gorgeous movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's visually stunning, especially there's like some fire effects at the beginning of the mm-hmm. film that are just like, wow, incredible. And don't even know at. how that would be like drawn. It's it's pretty insane. And it's all like from what I can tell, it's it's drawn by hand, frame by frame and everything. It's it's fantastic looking. I, I mean, my one of my favorite things with all of his movies is just like the watercolor painting backgrounds. Mm-hmm. It's just so gorgeous and it, it lends itself so well. The, the, the characters wandering around and everything. Um, the music yeah. is fantastic. Again, lots of piano mm-hmm. is, is piano heavy in all the scores of his. Yeah. And I think it, he has like the same composer on like everything too. Joe Hisashi, Hisashi. Um, he, I know he definitely did Howl's Moving Castle. I think he's done like almost, yeah, it looks like he's done pretty much everything since the 80s for him. So, yeah, very, very talented composer, very good music. Um, yeah. Um, English dub voice actors were very good. Mm-hmm. I thought great casting choices kind of all around in that regard. Um, Robert Pattinson is, is very fun as there. Yeah, he is. <laughs> it doesn't sound anything like Robert Pattinson. You said, I mean, it's, it's a very good Willem Dafoe impression and it is, but it's not at the same time. Um, Willem Dafoe is in it as well. Florence Pugh, uh, Christian Bale comes back. A lot of kind of, uh, frequent collaborators in these English dubs. Oh, I didn't realize it was Karen Fukuhara who was, well, that was Lady Himi. Yeah, yeah. I did not realize that was her um, from the boys. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Hamill, um, Dave Mark Batista, Hamill. Dave Batista, which it could, you Dave, recognized him like immediately. Yeah. Dave Batista was, was a standout that I didn't realize he was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill playing a mysterious grand uncle. Yeah. Doing kind of Joker voice, kind of not. Um, yeah. It's all great. All of those, those voices are great. And I'm sure, you know, in the Japanese version, that's good as well. Um, but, uh, what else is there to say non-spoiler? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's, I feel like you just go into his movies, not knowing anything. mm -hmm. I mean, clearly that's what he wanted. There was literally not even a trailer in in Japan. Japan. Did they have a, they had like a poster? Was that it? Yeah, it was the, this, this poster was all they had here. Yeah. Which is, if you go to Wikipedia and the boy and the heron, it's just... You can see that's like a heron and there's like a looks like a sliver of an eye within the beak. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's that about? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's a good poster. But yeah, no, it's I, I as you mentioned afterwards, like his movies, they they focus a lot on like going kind of through the process of exploring worlds yeah, rather so like a world building movie than more than a, like a narrative. Yeah. It's like, here's a world. Look at everything in the world. We're making up rules kind of as we go, but you don't really care because you're exploring this thing. And through this world, 
It's like through yeah. the exploration of the world, you're exploring the themes of the movie and the characters yeah. rather than like, a, okay, here's the plot and we need to do the plot. I mean, there's but, kind of, there's a very like loose plot, mm-hmm. but... um. The narrative yeah. is used to support the world building more than the other way around, which yeah. how, is how most movies do it. And if you're familiar, if you've seen like Spirited Away and stuff, it's it's very similar to how that movie yes. goes about things. Very similar. Um, which I think it helped for me to see Spirited Away before this mm-hmm. and being like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You what? just kind of have to like be I'm okay like, with like, I'm like, I've never seen anything like this, like yeah. in terms of structure and storytelling. And so having seen Spirited Away, I can be like, I'm just going to expect something similar to that and just enjoy it for what it is. And it, I did. In a lot of ways, it Spirit it is probably his most similar movie to Spirited Away. It has a very similar, I guess, like conceit of just like a boy has something bad happen to him and then he, he finds himself in this world he doesn't know anything about. Yeah. It's kind of lost and everything. Um, but there's there's more to it than just that that simple concept. No big fat babies though. In this no one. big fat babies. No no parents turning into pigs. No, but uh, lots of old people with big noses and warts though. Yes, that carries <laughs> over. And good looking food. Oh yes, yeah. The the Ghibli food is always always good. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's that much left to say non spoiler wise. Like it's a very good movie. Who is it for? Well, if you like Studio Ghibli, you're going to like this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have never seen any Studio Ghibli movie, would you say this is like a good entrance point? I No. I, I, I So I watched Howl's Moving Castle first, mm-hmm. which we did during COVID on the podcast, and I really enjoyed that. And then I watched Spirited Away next. I was not prepared for Spirited Away, <laughs> even after seeing Howl's Moving Castle. So I don't know. I feel if, like this is... Do you think this is more accessible or less accessible than Spirited Away, which is I a would, movie that people just is be, is a beloved movie too. So maybe yeah. it's just a me thing. I this one I feel like it's it hammers into a lot of it, it in a lot of ways it's like the most Miyazaki movie you can get. So I would say maybe start with something else. Like Howl's Moving Castle probably isn't too bad especially since that has some weird stuff in it. Um, if you wanted to start with something a little less weird, you could go with like Kiki's delivery service or, um, even I would like castle in the sky or something like that. But yeah, Howl's moving castle is a pretty good entry point. I mean, spirited away is how a lot of people discovered him. So evidently that worked for a lot of people. Um, if you're going to watch one, just, I would just say that it's going to be very whimsical mm-hmm. and just, just go in with like zero expectations, just like. Yeah, this is going to be weird. It's going to be just I'm going to see things that I've never seen before. And mm-hmm. and th- it's going to kind of just go all over the place. And if you go in with that mindset, I think you're going to enjoy it. So I think you could yeah. go to this, but just go in with like with that. Ex- no, ex- yeah. like <laughs> the no expectation, expectation of no expectation. Exactly. Yeah. Like don't don't be expecting like a, a typical Western story plot structure, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, if I were to give this a score, I'd probably be at like a, say a eight and a half, I think right. eight and a half go with that. Very um, nice. it's very good. Not my favorite of his, but it's still very good. Cause he's, he's just an incredibly talented, I think writer and animator. So, yeah. Do you think this is going to win best animated feature? Uh, I mean, it has a good shot. It would okay. be like across this, the spider, across the spider. Right? That would be, be tough. 
I am trying to think of like what else there would even be. The the migration. <laughs> migration. <laughs> I bet Elemental will get nominated. It's yeah. not gonna win. Um it's gotta be between this and across the Spider-Verse. I think so, right? Unless we're missing something big. Yeah. That seems right to me. Mm. At least in terms of animated stuff I've seen all year, these are probably my two favorite. So there we go. Awesome. Sweet. Well, let's dive into our spoiler review then. Uh, if you have not seen this movie, use the time codes down in the description to jump to our final segment of the show. Otherwise, stick around. Spoilers coming at you right after this. Okay, spoilers for the boy and the heron, Jimmy. I'm the great grand uncle. It's grand, Uncle. Build me a tower, boy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the movie starts out, and that's uh, kind of the whole sequence with the fire and everything, where he's, uh, uh, what's his name? Mahito is uh, Mahito. in Tokyo uh, during World War Two. Nothing like post-war Tokyo the yeah. last couple of weeks with Godzilla <laughs> minus one and now uh, the boy and the heron. Yeah, so, I mean, war is a big theme, and, like, so many of his movies it's not as much at the forefront here but i feel like it ties into some of the other themes that kind of come into play towards the end of the movie um but you still get a war sequence at the beginning that is uh, that is horrific for our main character and is just so disorienting and mm -hmm. you just get such a sense of how how terrible the of a uh, experience that would be running through tokyo it's burning and then he he ends up his his mom burns in a Hospital. hospital yeah so yeah very sad but uh then there's kind of a bit of a time jump um where mahito is ends up moving in with his soon-to-be stepmom um which uh is his mother's aunt, sister yeah, yeah his uh, aunt which uh, when did they reveal that because i didn't like that was that was like well wait it was did they say it at the beginning i they they said something that indicated to me that that okay. was the case. I, I just can't remember missed exactly it. What it I just missed it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was probably just paying too much attention to like, wow, this animation looks great. They did say when they first met up the dad, or he said something, or thought something, or there was something that was said that like he she looked just like his mom, and then there was something later on. I can't remember. It was indicated early on though. Um, but they end up moving in with her at her estate where there's a bunch of old lady maids. Nice estate. Nice estate. Why does Very, she have no, such a nice estate? I don't know. I don't know if that's, I don't think it is explained. They're just, <laughs> they're just kind of well off, you know, <laughs> got, got this really nice family estate uh, where these old lady maids that are very funny are yes. there. Want their cigarettes. Yeah. I think there's like seven of them or something. Yeah. I counted them. I was like, oh, the seven dwarves or something. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, um, yeah, they're just kind of funny old ladies. They want the cigarettes. There's the one lady that's kind of the more prominent that goes, ends up traveling with Mahito to the uh, other world eventually. But the movie is kind of a slow start because it's, it's him getting used to this area kind of being closed off to his new stepmom and his dad and just kind of everyone around him, but fixating on like this heron. Yeah. 
that's flying around and ends this up. This heron is messing with him. Yeah, the he's heron's messing with, with him. He's just like, he's <laughs> effing with him. I mean, he's like, what's going on here? Why are you tapping on my window? Yeah. And what's then he the hears deal? the heron talk, but the heron doesn't start talking until after he gets a head injury. And so I think, you know, he's, while he thinks it's weird, he's kind of thinking, oh, that could just be, you know, a little loopiness or whatever. Mm-hmm. But regardless, he's trying to get the heron. He's he's chasing it down. He fashions a bow and arrow and everything. Yeah. He finds this tower. Okay, hold on. This is where you're going to need to fill me in. Okay. I was, so he like goes to his first day of school. Sure. I did not see any of that. And I did not see him. He gives himself the injury. I did not see him have the injury. Like it was the part where I was just out was like when he's at school and he comes back and he's He's like they're bandaging him up. That's the part you missed. That's not very long. Well, no, I missed that, and then I missed a oh, little bit okay. when when it's they're in the 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 boat lady, which I guess I didn't realize was the younger version of the yeah, the one old lady. The one old. I did not catch that at all because I was out. Like I, I was going to say, they say that a lot of that. <laughs> missed a lot. So does she interact with her younger self then? No. And she just turns into her. Yeah, I think that's like the the implication for for his like journey. And then he has the little like little action figure of her, yeah. like. And then I don't know. Yeah, but okay. So at the school, he just he goes to the school. I missed He's, that clearly. That's what I was. And then I was back for the rest of it. Like when they yeah. when they say goodbye, and he leaves. That's I remember everything from else from the movie. Like okay. all the little white bubbly people jumping around, oh, they're like sure, sailing sure. away. I remember everything, everything after, be, that. after that. Okay, okay. So the school there wasn't uh, there wasn't a ton, but yeah, he he goes to school and he interacts with like these bully like characters that don't like him for whatever reason, just because he's new, I guess. Um, and then yeah, he gives himself the injury. He like bashes himself in the head with the rock. Why does he just like? I it's like unclear. I. I'm, I was like trying to read and do exactly why he does it. I wonder if it's just like because he's like so closed off. It's him trying to like show or feel anything because yeah. he, he is he is his character is very like guarded in yeah. this movie. He doesn't he doesn't have a ton of personality, but I think that is just due to the grief and everything. And that seems to be the, the kind of choice there. Uh, but yeah, he, he bashes himself in the head with the rock and it, it looks like it hurts very yeah. bad. Yes. He's, he bleeds a lot from it, too. I was like, oh, my gosh. But now he's got cool hair. Yeah, it does. For the rest of the movie. Cool scar. Cool scar. Um, But, yeah, then he he fashions his little bow and arrow thing, um, chases down the heron, and... Uh, come join us. Come join us, or whatever they say. Yeah, what the, the, the frogs, fro- oh yeah, the frogs and the, and the, fish. the fish. Oh my gosh. There's the one there's the he sees his stepmom wander off into the woods, and then later on the the old ladies are like, Oh, she's missing, she's missing. So they go hunt her down and they end up going to the tower, and that's the one old lady follows him. Yeah, what's her name here? Uh they're following Natsuko. Her name is starts with a K. Kiriko. Kiriko. She's like, I don't think we should go in there. And he's like I don't care. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> he's, I'm going well, in. And he's like, he knows it's a trap. He, he, he thinks because the heron's like beckoning him in because he's like, your mother's alive or whatever. And so he's like, oh, it's probably a trap or something, but I have to know, yeah. which is just a bad I idea. I do remember him saying that. It's probably a trap, but I have to go in and find out or whatever. He yeah, said. it was. It and was make something. sure for myself or <laughs> whatever he says. Um, Which, what? yeah. 
one of my things was what is the heron's motivation? And is he just like, I'm going to play tricks on this little boy? Is it, I, that was the part where I'm like, I don't know if I was just missed it. I, I was not sure what his deal was. So you asked me that initially and I didn't know. I think what it is though, is it's, he was like sent by the old man probably okay, right? to retrieve him and like by brings, yeah, brings in the boy. I need then, the boy to make me a tower yeah. with his blocks. <laughs> And then he has, yeah, the he has the heron go on him with this like whole like spiritual journey thing to try to convince him to stay or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that was just the case because the heron was created by the great uncle and kind of controls everything. I'm like, I think there's a guy in there. Yeah. You know, you just slowly <laughs> see more of this nose and then just a full on face. It's and so then, yeah, the the kind of the the way that it is goes a very Miyazaki forth. thing to just there's a guy inside this bird. <laughs> <laughs> and I think my favorite part is he just like s- swallows himself. Back yeah, in. <laughs> yeah, because he's just like this little stout little guy when he's when he's a man, but then he like transforms. He swallows himself and becomes this like sleek, very g- sleek, graceful bird. Yeah, it's it's very it's this fun transformation that happens a few times throughout the movie, and I just think the Harry characters is a lot of fun. Robert yes. Pattinson is is very good, as I said before, and it's. He's he's a trickster, but he's also like he's absolutely pathetic. Yeah, he is pretty pathetic. As soon as he gets the hole in his beak, he's just he can't do much. Yeah, well, I love how like uh Mahito fixes the hole. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Well, now that you've fixed the hole, now I'm going to like leave you and whatever. <laughs> he's like, Well, I you know what? Can you fix this for me? And it's then they hole. like cuts to them and he's like shaving it down a little bit more. He's like, Yeah, yeah, just like that, yeah. And he like puts it back, all right, now that I gotta leave. <laughs> <laughs> it was very good. I liked that a lot. Um, I didn't really understand the, the feather thing. The, the yeah, feather, the feathers. His like, weakness. But it, it like just it like follows, follows him. him. I didn't really I understand know. that part. I didn't I didn't think that was very well explained, but whatever. Who cares? Who cares? The fe- it's magic feather bows. Magic. He doesn't use the bow and arrow after that, right? I don't think so. After um, he gets the hole in his beak. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm trying to. Th- I don't think there is another part. Um. Uh, he finds his mother. Mother's made out of water. Yeah. Well, goo. <laughs> well, it, or goo. Of I some sort. Yeah, it was, she just melts. It just melts. But then, uh, yeah, he ends up going uh, into this world, uh, transported kind of by the heron, and finds himself on an island where he's attacked by pelicans. Yeah, it's pretty that. scary. You missed the, the pelican attack. Yeah, I did. I think. Okay. Yeah, he's. He's on this island. There's like this gate to this grave thing. Oh wait, yeah, no, I do remember that kind of. Okay, I don't. <laughs> you remember. were like in and out. On it, I'm, I was in and out here. I'm like, yeah. now that you say this, I'm like, yeah, there was a gate. The pelicans attack him, um, but and then Florence Pugh, as the young Kiriko comes and rescues him, um, and yeah, that's when they end up going to her place. In my defense, two hours and four minutes is a long animated movie. It is pretty long, yeah. It's a long animated movie, I'm telling you, man. Yeah. I I mean, I guess that makes sense with how long it took to develop. Granted, I did fall asleep like 30 minutes into it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not much of an excuse there. (laughs) It wasn't because I wasn't enjoying it. It was because I was just very tired. Mm -hmm. I think um, this, so we talked about it non-spoilers, but in 
when he gets transported initially to this like island world and everything, it does a really good job of just immediately being like, what the heck is this place? Like Mm -hmm. what is happening? There's like, there's all these boats just like in the background in the distance and like you're on this random island with this grave and then there's all these pelicans and everything. It's like, it's kind of just like our world enough to be like, okay, I can kind of, you know, gather some of these things, but it's still very uncanny and weird. And then they, it starts slowly introducing weirder and weirder things um, as you go. But yeah, then goes with Florence Pugh uh, to her house uh, where the cutest little things in existence, mm-hmm. the uh, Wara Wara, I believe they're called. Um, these little white spirit little things exist and they're so, they are so cute. I was, I was dying. Yeah. I like how they jump and smile. (laughs) It's Miyazaki and a lot of his movies has like one or two creatures that are just like the cutest things in existence. Like, um, in one of the more famous ones is in Totoro. There's like these little dust mites that are like little black with just big eyes and everything. They're very, very cute. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the equivalent in this movie and they are very adorable. Um, and yeah, this is kind of, this is kind of the point in the movie where it is most probably meandering. Cause it is just kind of them like hanging out at this place and kind of just vibing with like the world. They, they get the fish and then the, the warawar like eat the fish kind of thing. And they have this, they, they kill this giant fish. Um, and that's when we kind of see more with like, or we discover these like figurines of these old ladies and everything that are like charms, but are also kind of not it's kind of vague as to what they actually are. Um, and that's when we figure out that uh, this is a younger Kiriko as well, mm. which you missed. Yeah. I was, I was <laughs> like, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. No, it's, there's, there was quite a bit to this part of the movie that was as out of all the parts you could have missed. It's probably the best part to miss, Yeah, but it was still, it's still a good part of the movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, and then you get the, um, the Wara Wara after eating, they kind of ascend and they're like born into our world, which was confusing. Um, but they're, I, they're at least that's what they want you to think. It's like, they're like these spirits that, are like born into our world, I guess, like soul kind cool. of way, yeah. I guess. All right. Um, but then the pelicans come and they're attacking the Warawara. And then um, we have this fire lady who dispels the pelicans away that are, is out on a boat, which we later find out as Lady Himi. Um, but that's when we encounter the Willem Dafoe pelican uh, after it was like injured and it's like dying. And it's like, well, we didn't really have much control we were just told to do this and stuff like we we're just we're just animals we didn't want to do this yeah, something like that yeah I'm, i missed willem defoe completely oh, okay so. he yeah he was only in it for like two minutes i was kind of surprised but i mean it was a good willem defoe two minutes so um what am i doing in this pelican body <laughs> I was kind of wondering if like the pelican was going to get healed or if, you know, he was going to voice more than one pelican or something, but no, he's just the one pelican that's like bleeding out on the floor. It is pretty gruesome. That's probably mm. one of the more gruesome parts of the movie is just this injured pelican slowly dying. Yeah. I was completely out for that. I don't <laughs> recall any of that. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Um, Good thing this will be on Mac soon enough here in the United States. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can at least check out the Willem Dafoe part. Recheck that out. Um, but after that, he decides to leave. He gets the help of the Pelican. The Pelican comes out and over and finds him and is like, hey, I can go find your mom now. And so they go. And then this is where they go to the, the house of the parakeets. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yep. Which you were awake for this yes. part. All right. <laughs> the parakeets were great. They were great. The parakeets were very good. They were probably the best part of the movie. Very funny. Had a taste for meat. <laughs> Did you eat Natsuko? No, Natsuko pregnant. We know eat baby. <laughs> That's right. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like they were the, I don't know, what's the, like the, oh, yo, oh, yo, you know, those guys in the Wizard of Oz. Oh, Are they yeah. flying monkeys? Or are they separate from the flying monkeys? I Wizard of Oz. It's I been know. a long time since I've they seen just it. remind me of them, and yeah. but like hilarious looking. And it's funny because like parakeets are these tiny little birds, but these are like Goliath. Well, they're and they're like brightly colored. They're they've their got beaks like wide look eyes. so derpy. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they look so derpy, and they look like so cuddly and friendly. And then they're like, "We're gonna kill you and eat you." And they're the kind of threat comes more from their numbers than anything because mm-hmm. they're pretty stupid too oh they're insanely <laughs> dumb <Yeah. laughs> they're pretty easily outsmarted in this movie but they are very big there are a lot of them and they eat meat so it's yeah. kind of terrifying i was really worried they were only going to be in that one scene yeah. i was like oh god they're leaving the scene really quick i hope this is not the only scene with the parakeets they were just throughout the rest of the story they were parakeets galore main antagonists and uh yeah, Dave Batista as the um Parakeet as King. The parakeet. Para King. Yeah, the King Parakeet or whatever. He was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He was very good. He was very funny. I think that's a perfect casting to have just as a a in like a villain. He's like is- ultra intelligent and like well spoken and everybody else is just a bumbling. Yeah. <laughs> and he's and he's very ambitious and everything. He's just kind of a, a funny villain to throw in and like the third act. Um, but yeah, uh, we're introduced then to lady Himi who turns out to be his mom, uh, which makes sense since she has fire powers. Yeah. And it also makes sense. Um, cause the, uh, uh there was a whole thing about how his mom like went there when she was like younger, the, the maids tell that to the dad when they're like searching for, uh, for Himiko or Hisako or Mahito. Mahito. I, I'm getting the names confused. Um, when they're searching for Mahito, um, the maids tell the story of like the, the mom initially like getting lost there at some point. Um, so I was also, so I'm wondering if that's like, just like the image, the great grand uncle has from her visit. And that's why she's like that age still or whatever. It's just, that's maybe, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of, there's a lot of things that are unclear that you can just kind of interpret how you want in this. Um, but she was a great addition, cool firepowers. Uh, but they, uh, they, uh, they go to the castle, they find the stepmom. He gets attacked by paper. Yeah. Cool looking scene. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and he should not have entered that room, apparently. Yeah. That was bad. It was bad. It was against custom. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of the, and that's the point where uh, Mahito kind of finally lets his guard down a bit and calls the aunt mom and everything and tells her mm-hmm. to come back and 
kind of I it's I think his arc is kind of recognizing that sure he has he has grief and his grief is important but he also needs to I, I, like I don't know if this is the right way to put it but not be like selfish in some ways right like he needs to there's like he has other people that are also hurting around him that you know he needs to think of too mm-hmm. as well so kind of him letting his guard down in that way um but yeah then he meets uh, the Mark Hamill character. Yeah. Grand uncle. The grand uncle. Um, and I think this is where kind of some of the more interesting, I guess, themes for the movie tie in. Because I, I felt like this was... Create a world without sorrow. Yeah, it was... I mean, there were a few things you can take from it. I, I read the, uh, like the uncle character as like Miyazaki himself in some ways. Because like... He, so he has uh, maybe this, and this might be something you only pick up on if you know the the lore behind this man. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. He has a son, uh, Goro Miyazaki, who works at Ghibli, and has some movies under his name that he's directed that are not nearly as successful. A couple of them are, are pretty well regarded, but it's there's like all the stuff you can read about how like Hayao Miyazaki is like kind of an absent father, very like lost in his work and everything and kind of maybe expects too much from his son and stuff in some ways. Um, Once again, you can kind of read up on that if you want, but I was kind of seeing that and like, you know, the grand uncle is Miyazaki, like maybe expecting one thing from this like descendant of his Mm. and then maybe coming to terms with, you know, that's not, how it needs to necessarily go in yeah. some regards. Of course, that's not the only read. I think, I think you can also just look at, he's uh, the grand uncle wants someone that's, you know, free of like, like the thoughts of war and everything kind of tainting him for, that's more innocent and childlike and, and Mahito to take over his work. But Mahito's like, no, nah, I, you know, I've experienced hardship and stuff. I'm not, I'm not free of all of that, even though you want me to be. So, well, and he also just like, I would rather go back and live in my world with the hardship than create a new one. That's just absent of all that. Yeah. Maybe embracing like hardship as a necessary part of life. Yeah. I think the growth that comes with it. Um, Yeah. I thought it was an interesting kind of thing. He's got that big rock above him. Yeah. It was like revealed that the. So the tower was like initially like a meteorite or mm-hmm. something that crashed down. It has some unexplained powers, uh, which I assume is what that rock is. But that's that's kind of what created the tower and build a new world with like thirteen very very basic blocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The blocks I thought were kind of it was a it was a fun visual for showing like the delicate balance that one would need to create a world like this and everything and how it's very easy easily could just topple at any moment and everything and giving Mahito kind of the literal building blocks to to create it and maybe a more stable way. With yeah. Except Parakeet King wants it yeah, to do Parakeet it. He wants, wants to make a better kingdom for his people. So he mm-hmm. captures Himi and he's using her as a bargaining chip. Mm-hmm. Ends up, and then he, he follows them into the in the world and the, the area with the, the great uncle and uh, ends up trying to rebuild it and just it just collapses. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> and just the world Everything. starts falling apart. That's, yeah. And they have to escape. 
and all the parakeets escape. Himmy, come with me. But I can't because I got to go to when you were born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Because I'm your mom. Because <laughs> I'm your mom. Um, boom, boom, boom. But all the parakeets escape and they turn into normal parakeets. Yep. And I the pelicans made it too. Mm-hmm. Pelicans made it. The heron made it. Yeah. Does the heron turn back to the normal heron or is he still like. I think it turns there? back into a normal heron. I can't remember. Well, is he the one that says. Oh, how do you, who's the guy at the end? I don't remember. He has the conversation. Mahito has the conversation with somebody of like, oh, how do you still remember this? You're going to forget this soon. Everybody forgets by now. That's him. That's the the Heron? Yeah. All right. Yeah, he has that whole conversation about forgetting everything. Everyone has forgotten stuff. And then by the end of the movie, I mean, he he and uh, his, uh, Mahito and his Stepmom and dad all leave for Tokyo, I guess. So yeah, seemingly forgotten, but having grown as a family, yeah, it makes you wonder. You know, was it all in his head, Holman? Because he hit himself with a rock. Yeah, I was in it. I I didn't think it was going to do that, but when he got hit with the rock, and then that's when the heron started talking. I was like, please don't let that be the case. I don't think it was, but I, there's a read you could probably take that. That's well, if you ask a Dumbledore. Does it make it any less real? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. Just because it's happening in your head, Harry, doesn't mean (laughs) it's any less real. (laughs) Forgot about that line. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think. It's. I don't think there's much else to go over. No, I don't think so. Good movie. Very good. I enjoyed it. Funny parakeets. Funny parakeets. We know eat baby. (laughs) We know eat baby. Trying to think if there was another just really funny part. Other than the when he the the heron's explaining of how like his trickery and he's gonna leave him and leave, <laughs> and he's like wait a second can you fix this and it cuts back that was pretty funny yeah I don't know I I did like the the parakeets uh, when like the the king addresses them and they're just like we love you yeah <laughs> three cheers for our noble parakeet king or whatever they <laughs> yeah. say very good stuff uh yeah they were funny really enjoyed it uh anything else. Uh, I don't think so, no. All right, on to our last segment, which, of course, Holden is, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, uh, this week, Jimmy uh, watched quite a bit. Uh, First off, last night, I went to our local, the State Theater, and saw The Abyss, the James Cameron film from mm-hmm. 1989. Uh, kind of sci-fi, very underwater film. Uh, really, really good. Really liked it a lot. Honestly, I would say for like 85% of this movie, I was like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. <laughs> wow, I'll need to check it I, out. It's been on my watch list for a while. Yeah, you absolutely should. I Because like, it's the insane like practical and I mean, digital for the time effects they use. It's crazy. They like built these entire like underwater stations and abandoned nuclear reactors. Wow. They like, you can like read about it, but like the kind of main underwater station where a lot of the movie takes place, they built like it. I don't know if they built it life size or whatever, but they found this like abandoned nuclear reactor that they filled with water and had this like built. And so they like, they filmed so many of these scenes and like actual water and everything incredible looking for the time. And even now, like there are a lot of things that I was just astounded. I didn't know how they would have done looked very good. Um, but yeah, very exciting movie goes a lot of different directions. 
The ending is the weakest part and does bring down the movie a bit for me. Um, I watched, so the version I saw was the 4K remaster that has, it's the special edition. So it has the like 30 minutes of extra footage in it kind of throughout. And it adds more context to the ending that makes it better. But it's still kind of like, I feel like they were trying to shoehorn in like a message for like no reason. Mm. <laughs> it was, it kind of felt like it was, it was coming out of almost nowhere in some ways. Um, out of the blue. Out of Ocean. the blue. There you go. Uh, but yeah, a very good, very good movie still overall. I, I want to rewatch it at some point. Um, but because of Boy and the Heron came out, I re- I watched The Wind Rises, which was Miyazaki's movie before this one. Mm. That was one of the two I hadn't seen yet. Um, and it was very good. I described it to you at like earlier this week. It's his like most normal movie because yeah. it's like a biopic of like a real aviation engineer. It, I mean, it takes a lot of like liberties with his life story, but it is like mostly just set in our world with some, maybe some fantastical flying machines in there a bit, but for the most part, it's just, it's pretty normal. Um, really good. It made me tear up towards the end. Very good central romance in it. Um, yeah, honest. And it's one of those movies that if that had been his like final movie, I think that would have been like a perfect send off, but Happy it's not because we got the boy and the heron. And I uh, rewatched Kiki's Delivery Service, which is my favorite one. Watched it the night after Boy and the Heron. I had three nights in a row where I watched a, a Miyazaki movie. And Kiki's holds up for me. Mm. Holds up. It's still my favorite. It's so <laughs> it's it is probably like in terms of like. I would say it probably has like the lowest stakes out of like any of his movies. It is very just like a chill movie. It does have a conflict and everything, but it's, it's not like, it's not really like life threatening or anything. It's just kind of this girl's like coming of age movie, but it's so cute. It's like, I like teared up at the beginning because of like the nostalgia wave hitting me. Wow. I I had it on VHS growing up uh, as a kid. So that was like the Ghibli movie I grew up on. Um, so take that into account to maybe take my opinion with a hint of salt. Maybe it's not as good. I'm blinded by nostalgia. Um, other than that though, I've been continuing watching the venture brothers. Um, I've kind of, I've stopped. So I had started the new season of Fargo and I had been watching Monarch. I'm kind of behind a couple weeks on both of those because I think I'm just going to finish venture brothers and then like just kind of go hard on one of those shows. I feel like going in between of the, all of them is, is very difficult. So I'll probably do Monarch next, honestly. Um, but Venture Brothers is very good. Uh, and video game wise, I've just been playing Final Fantasy seven. I think I'm over the halfway point. It is very long. I, I didn't remember. I, I couldn't believe how long it was, especially for a PS one game, but it also like that game had three discs like initially when it came out. Oh, wow. So it, the PS one used discs. Yeah. PS one. Oh, you don't know that. I never had a PS one. So oh, I'm just, I guess I'm just surprised you didn't know that at all. Um, but yeah, final fantasy seven, very good. Has some great, I I'm, I'm like I said earlier with the remake, I'm curious to see how that diverges, but I can see why it's a classic. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. So what about you, Jimmy? Uh, not much. Just been watching, uh, follow the house of usher. That's pretty much it. I'm in the fifth or sixth episode right now. Cool. But yeah, I have been playing Beat Saber again nice. for a workout, so that's been fun. They uh, 
Did they fix the? We didn't. <laughs> we did not talk about the GTA Six trailer. Oh yeah, she was. <laughs> I was gonna. I week. was gonna make a joke that oh, there was a major like they announced a a major gaming a major game announced like a sixth installment, and I was gonna make a joke that they dropped the sixth uh, soundtrack original soundtrack on Beat Saber. <laughs> Obviously, alluding to the GTA Six trailer, the literal biggest news in the entertainment, and we just week. completely forgot about it. We can talk about it next week. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've been playing. The new songs are very fun. There's one song that's called like a oh, it's like a something about a sword, like a dream saber or something. It's a it's kind of a a fun song to play, but it is insane. It is just absolutely ridiculous in terms of like it is just difficulty. Yeah, insane difficulty, and it's also longer than a typical mm. Beat Saber song, and it oh, does wow. not let up. Most songs are like two and a half minutes. This one's yeah. like four minutes, okay. but like there are other songs that are longer, but this one just straight up does not let up at all. So you're like, my arms are on fire when I'm doing like doing it. <laughs> so, uh, and I was just playing on the expert difficulty, not expert plus yet. There is the a few of them I was able to do. There's only four on the new one, but. Mm. I think two of them I was already on the expert plus and uh, one of them I passed the expert, which was pretty, it was the new Camellia song, which is there the kind of the go-to difficult beat saver. Okay. People got that one on expert, but this one there, the, the group is like dragon force or something. And it's oh, like, dragon force. Yeah. Yeah. It's like some, I don't know. It is it's, insanely difficult. That's the, that's the group that does uh, through the fire and flames. Which is like oh, the yeah. infamously hard guitar hero song that's like impossible. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> right, let me see if I can find the name of it. It is just absolutely power of the saber blade. Okay, absolutely. Just, yeah, if it's anything like through the fire and flames, that's that is insane. So that makes sense. Just because it's like the others, you know, the first two songs, I literally like just sight read them like mm-hmm. almost perfectly on normal expert mode. And then you can do like faster power out as, you know, uh, modifiers and whatnot to get a higher score. But, um, holy smokes. Yeah, no, I had to go through like the practice mode and slow it down. I haven't just straight up passed it on normal yet, but yeah, that's the, that's the new beat saber update. So that's been fun. Sweet. Um, otherwise that's it holding for me. And that's it for the show, right? I what are we so, doing yeah. next week? Next week is Wonka. Wonka. Wow. Oompa. Oompa. Doopa dee doo. Yeah. Do people uh, like Wonka? Do I think so. Reviews? I think it's getting decent reviews. Yeah. 68 Metacritic. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. All right. Uh, um, we'll yeah, see. so we'll, we'll watch it. We'll be the judge. We'll be the judge, jury, and executioner of this film. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or email us at tompodcast at gmail.com or donate to our Patreon. There we go. I think that's it. All right. Until next time, adios, pantalones. Love you.